Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes, never missing a single episode with all of the episodes in that awesome feed right now. Very cool. Thank you so much once again. And this week, well, we know what this week is all about, don't we? It's going to be obvious next week, too, but this week, it's supposed to be music's biggest night, isn't it? The Grammys, or as I like to call it, the Shammies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's coming on TV tomorrow, and uh, I'm trying not to... I don't want to do the cliché show about anything, you know, these big institutions that are so important, like when it comes to the Grammys or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, stuff like that. So when I do shows about it, I try to put some sort of different spin on it to make it not boring and fun for me as well, honestly, and hopefully fun for you every time. So what to do about the Grammys? I thought about a lot of different ways to go about it, and maybe this will just be another one of those yearly traditions. Uh, But this is basically 10 songs that are actually, in some way, up for a Grammy this year that I can listen to without vomiting up Dayglow. Because the Grammys just suck for me. You know, they say it's music's biggest night, and we as music nerds are supposed to be elated. But I really, truly believe that it's really the fair-weather music fans that don't really love music are the ones watching this show every year, really, because, you know, we, you know, some of us nerds will wind up watching it. I, hell, I may wind up putting it on the DVR tonight, but, you know, it's just not anything that we're that pumped about, because we, we know what to expect. It's a stupid-ass show filled with just a bunch of industry ass-kissing crap, and, you know, just the stuff like, you know, the best new bands that are nominated, you won't see them again next year, so why give them, give, give them a Grammy for being big for a year and then they're never going to be seen again or heard from again, you know, and just like record of the year, song of the year, what's the friggin' difference? Because the record and song of the year nominations are both song nominations. I don't get that. Can anybody explain that one to me? What is the difference between record and song of the year? Because there's already an album category, too. So that's not what it is. And, you know, of course, a lot of my venom comes from the fact that ever since Metallica decided to stop showing up and playing, they have they don't air the hard rock and metal nominations ever anymore, which means they probably haven't aired the actual presentation of hard rock and metal since 94 or 95 something like that so it's it's getting close to about 20 years of nothing you know they give them out on the saturday night you know a night before the show airs actually i should probably look into who's winning the stuff i'm going to talk about maybe i can do some breaking news here on the show tonight oh there's gonna be a lot of rants here on the show but let's let's play some good music and I, I'm basically doing them a solid. I'm, I'm making them look as extremely cool as humanly possible. It's hard, and I barely, barely came up with ten songs here for the show, but I found ten. So let's just do it here. On The, the first half is going to be stuff I had to really dig for, like, you know, random categories, 
And second half, I'll just stick with the hard rock metal noms. Let's just do it that way. So let's just kick things off here this week with actually, I think, the first song that was performed on last year's Grammys, which is now up for quite a few awards. I'm not going to bother reading them off, but, uh, you know, no problem with this guy. Becoming a bigger fan as the years go on. Talking about Mr. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. I've been looking for an excuse to play this song on the show for a while. Definitely the highlight of his album Wrecking Ball last year, and it just happens to be the single, and he just happens to be up for a lot of awards, and I hope he wins every single one that this song is up for. Well deserved. This is Bruce Springsteen with We Take Care of Our Own.
that was Bruce Springsteen with We Take Care of Our Own from 2012's Wrecking Ball. Ask Bruce Springsteen fans, at least the ones that I know, I know quite a few of them, and they'll pretty much tell you that's probably the best song on the album. The rest of it, meh. So, just uh, just get that one tune, I guess. You're, you're going to be okay with that. Like I said, that's a fun song. Very inspiring, I think, and he hasn't lost his touch. So, I hope you win whatever the hell you're nominated for, Bruce, because... That's a pretty killer song. Moving on, uh, another guy who's up for some stuff. Yeah, I I really care about the Grammys, let me tell you. guy by the name of Jack White who put out his first official solo album, in name only, really. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's steering the boat for all the other bands he's been in, quite obviously. But his first official solo album came out last year called Blunderbuss. And it did not make my top 20, but that's not to say that it's a bad album. Uh, Maybe it'll be a grower. Uh, this was actually definitely one of the bigger highlights on the album, and he did get, I think, a rock song nomination or something like that for this. So, here you go. One of the better songs off of the Blunderbuss album and nominated for a Grammy. This is Jack White with Freedom at 21.
Alright, that was Jack White with Freedom at 21 from the Blunderbuss album from last year. Of course, everything has to be from last year, right? If it's up for a Grammy, so why, why am I going to say 2012 or last year anymore? Not going to do that for the rest of the show. That song, I did find out it's up for Best Rock Song. And the song I play at the top of the show, Bruce Springsteen, We Take Care of Our Own, is also up for Best Rock Song. Let's go ahead and evaluate the rest of the nominations. Also up for it is Muse's Madness. And I know I put Muse over quite a bit over the last couple of years of the show, I guess. And, you know, I still like the guys, but yeah, you might want to avoid that new record. And the fact that Madness is nominated, I mean, not not that the rest of the record is any better, honestly, but man, uh, I don't think they deserved a Grammy nomination. Don't encourage this style, guys. This uh, this deviation in style that they have taken, not a good thing. This is not evolving uh, for a band like Muse. This is merely just doing second-rate work. And I love this also, Best Rock Song nomination. I Will Wait by Mumford & Sons. Yes, those turn-of-the-century bankers, Mumford & Sons, those them boxcar writers are nominated for Best Rock Song. Rock Song? If there's anybody that's not rock and roll, on this planet. It's effing Mumford and Sons. Nickelback is almost more rock. Actually, they are. That's the sad part about it. Okay. God. The show's put me in a bad mood. I'm not gonna lie to you, but, you know, I love doing the show for you guys out there, but, you know, when, when these things come up, this is the time of year. The Grammys and the Hall of Fame, and it just, it, it makes the blood curdle. But the fifth and final nomination of the best rock song of the year is actually a good rock song. It's actually a song that probably got played ad nauseum on the radio. I'm only merely guessing this because not only is it up for best rock song, but it is up for said record of the year, as well as a lot of other things. But the big one, record of the year, this song is nominated for it. So I'm just going to assume that you're probably sick of hearing this song already. But I'm going to play it anyway. Feel free to fast forward past it if you really have to. But let's just say I'm playing this because I'm saying go this. Because if it gets beat by anything else it's up against, th- then this is this is uh, exhibit A, basically, of why the Grammys suck. So prove me wrong, Grammys, and put this one over as your record of the year. Here you go. This is the Black Keys with Lonely Boy. Go Lonely Boy. Yeah.
I know some of you out there may be possibly indifferent about a band like the Black Keys. I've played a couple of songs by them on the show in the past. Uh, some of my favorite songs by them, like Everlasting Light, and also Run Right Back from this latest one, El Camino. I, I actually happen to like the band a lot. I've seen them live, and I think they get the job done. If you, I'd say just on principle, you kind of have to get behind them here because they're really the only real rock representative, at least this year, for the industry somehow. Uh, some of these other guys, you know, they're they're on the radar, like your Bruce Springsteen's and your Jack Whites, but these guys are up for the big inch a lot of this year, as as they determine it. So I hope they win. I'm I'm really rooting for them. They're also up for Best Rock Album for El Camino, which uh, I think El Camino really is a solid record. They're up against uh, people that we've mentioned before, Jack White, Bruce Springsteen, Muse, and Coldplay. Coldplay nominated for Best Rock Album. Once again, boy, you guys are really in touch. Mumford & Sons, Coldplay. Now, when I think rock and roll... Okay, yeah, enough of that. You, you, You know what I'm trying to say. And weirdly enough, I'm actually going to play you something that was nominated for Best Alternative Music Album this year. Now let's go down the nominations, and as I read them, you're going to get really scared that I'm going to play something terrible. Will I? Stay tuned. First nomination for Best Alternative Music Album is Fiona Apple, with a really long album title that, why would I repeat it? Also Bjork, with Biophilia. Now... Bjork's pretty alternative. I'll give her her due. I've liked some stuff by her before. I may be alone in this, but hey, at least she fits the bill of being a true alternative. I mean, she did a whole album once that didn't have any drums on it, just people making drum noise, basically beatboxing as the drumming. You know, people don't do records like that, so my hat's off to her. She's got balls, at least. Uh, also, I, why can't I pronounce this? This thing's this thing. I don't even know what this is, but it's been around for like a year and change. Goat, goaty, goat ye, help me. Anyway, that's that that's nominated. Too bad I wasn't reading the obituary. Um, M eighty three. Hurry up, we're dreaming. I know that they are slightly dance, slightly alternative. Whatever. I don't know enough about them to comment. Honestly, at least I can pronounce that one. I can get my head around it. And the final nomination for Best Alternative Music Album for this year. A true alternative, and has been for longer than I've been alive. And my top five songwriters of all time, Mr. Tom Waits, is up for Best Alternative Music Album. I believe he won back in 99 or 2004 his Mule Variations album, so why not? Give it to Tom. You know what? Don't give it to Tom. I don't think he gives a shit. I don't think he's going to show up. So you know what? Don't give it to him. He's way cooler without it. So here you go. This is Tom Waits off of the Bad As Me album. The Grammy-nominated Bad As Me album with probably his message to the Grammys. Get lost. I don't want to feel all cooked up. I feel like I'm on a chain. I got my rouse souped up. We're never coming back again. Time to don't mean nothing.
ever since we kissed Pulled out all the windows To love a and Jack Please, please love the tinder Ain't nothing wrong with that Let's go get lost, yeah Let's go get lost, yeah Let's go get lost I wanna go get lost, yeah of Tom Waits with Get Lost from the album Bad As Me. I love me some Tom Waits. I don't care what era it is. I don't care how crazy he makes his voice or how damaging he makes his voice. I will always love that man. And here's a guy that I remember he actually did play twice on the Grammys last year. He performed twice. He got to go out there. And, and why not? If he's willing to show up you roll the carpet out for him, and you give him whatever the hell he wants, even if he's pushing kind of a so-so new project. We're going to give it up for what he did in the past, and that's actually what this leads into, this particular segment. If, if you never go to the actual Grammy.com website, yes, that's their plug, Grammy.com, you can actually take a look at all of what I call the coffee table nominations, which is uh, what they call it at the Oscars, too. Basically, the coffee table awards are the awards they give to the really cool stuff usually. You know, like, if if the Oscars are too artsy for you, then you're going to want to look below to, like, best special effects, best sound engineering, you know, to get your Batmans and stuff like that going on. So for the Grammys, for me, it's, like, best box set and also best historical album. I'm always curious, actually. that They'll pique my curiosity of, of what got nominated that year. So I'll go over that here real quick. This year's Best Boxed or Special Limited Edition Package. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo soundtrack. I have no idea if it's for which version. I don't know. But Trent Reznor. So Trent Reznor is up for a, a Grammy, if you didn't know. some uh, The Ben Queller, Go Fly a Kite. Maybe he made a crazy eco package out of it. I don't know. Also, Rolling Stones, Some Girls, Super Deluxe Edition. And uh, that's got to be for box and limited edition packaging. 
one of my favorite Stones albums ever, if not my favorite. And also Woody Guthrie, Woody at 100, Woody Guthrie Centennial Collection. And not a, I'm not a big Woody Guthrie fan, if you couldn't tell, but I understand he's an important figure for music. I'll save the last nomination after I talk about this other one, too. It kind of ties in as well. Best Historical Album. I don't know much about anything that's nominated on here. Yes, the Woody Guthrie thing is nominated on there again. Uh, there's some stuff like, uh, it says, Arizona Drains, He Is My Story. Don't know what that is. Uh, a various collection called Old Time Smoky Mountain Music. 34 historic songs, ballads, and instrumentals recorded in the Great Smoky Mountains by the songcatcher Joseph S. Hall. You know, that kind of stuff. Not that I have a crazy interest in it, but also the Smile Sessions by the Beach Boys. The deluxe box set of that is nominated for Best Historical Album. And I'm actually pulling for that one quite a bit because, you know me, I'm a big Beach Boys fan. Smile was in my top albums of 2011, even though, yes, it should have been in the top 10 for 1967 when it was originally supposed to come out. But that that's a stellar release. It's It's amazing. It must be listened to top to bottom. That's why I try not to play any songs from Smile on the show, because really, you just got to hear it from start to finish. It truly is an album. In the strictest sense, it is definitely an album. Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to play the last nomination I'm going to talk about for Historical Album, and also back to that box set limited edition package category. This thing is nominated twice. It is the deluxe edition of Paul McCartney's Ram album. Ram, such a great album. and I'm going to play something off of it, the lead-off song on it. So if you're a fan of Paul McCartney, this is going to be obvious to you, but I don't really hear this one being drudged out too much on oldies radio or anything. So I think it's a really cool track. I think you're going to enjoy it if you haven't heard it a billion times. So here you go. This is Paul McCartney and Wings from the Ram album with Too Many People.
song that apparently contains a couple of digs at John and Yoko. That was Paul McCartney and Wings with too many people off of his sophomore solo album called Ram, up for a couple of historical nods in the Grammy department. Like I said, I don't mind him winning the box set one. Uh, perhaps maybe I would rather have some girls win it, honestly, but I uh, also hope Smile wins historical. Maybe I'm not pulling for it as much as I thought, but Ram is definitely a quality album, and you should definitely pick up the reissue. Definitely will be money well spent. It is an historical record for sure. And speaking of too many people, there's never too many people writing me, so that's why let's just uh, let's have our own little halftime show here. Read some uh, emails from people that took the time to write to me, so I'm going to read them on the radio here, and uh, that that's just what I'm going to do. If you're cool enough to write me, I'm I'm encouraging mail. Yes, hopefully it'll get to the point where I just can't read all of it, but I'll, I'll do my best, no matter how crazy it gets. That would be a nice problem to have. Let's start, of course, with Tino Fella, the great Tino from the Netherlands. I may have to paraphrase this a little bit. I love Tino. He writes uh. He writes some good lengthy email stuff I like reading. The kind of emails that, that truly make my day. I, I really, you know, if you write me, you can write one sentence. I, I don't mind that. I think that's great. You took the time to do it regardless. So it's all good. Start off with Tino here. Hey, Joey. Playing Bowie and instrumentals. Kick off with my personal Bowie history. In short, as a little kid, I already heard a lot about Bowie on the radio. I liked everything they played, like Let's Dance, Dancing in the Street with Jagger, and even This Is Not America from and also Absolute Beginners. Later, we got a real classic rock station, and then I learned about his 70s stuff. The alternative station over here, Kink FM, turned me on to Little Wonder, and of course, Without You, I'm Nothing, they're his duet with Placebo, around 2000. I uh, said so around 2000, he bought the two-CD singles collection, which became my daily soundtrack straight away. Right there with you, man. I remember buying that and playing it a lot, like every day at the record store. He goes on, in more recent years, I checked out more albums. I especially like the early 70s production and many of his vocals. Some of my favorite Bowie songs are Changes, Starman, Suffragette City, Cracked Actor, The Gene Genie, including that little mistake at the end of the first verse. Yeah, that, that's rock and roll, man. Life on Mars, Rebel Rebel, Heroes, Scary Monsters, and Modern Love, and I'm sure there are many more for me to discover on the albums I haven't checked out yet. Yes, there are for sure. Except Do Not Get Never Let Me Down or Black Tie White Noise. You are warned. So I enjoyed the first few songs on the show. Since this is the period of Bowie I've been studying, maybe it's time for me to move on and give the next couple albums like Station to Station a chance. Yes, please do that, Tino. You won't be sorry. Of course, I was already familiar with Wild as the Wind since it's already on the singles collection, but based on that song, I could totally get why you love the vocals on the album so much, at least the way they're recorded. But I'm not a huge fan of his vocals on the Berlin Trilogy yet. Maybe I'll have to get used to it. They're next on my list to check out after Station to Station. I'll let you know two years from now. He's alluding to the fact that I'm doing Bowie every other year on the first week of January and Elvis every other year, alternating, basically. He goes on, I knew Beauty and the Beast, funny but not too crazy about it, and while we're in the late 70s, ain't it weird how we always used styles that were popular like glam rock on the Gene Genie and stuff, but when punk rock broke, he kept doing disco. Well, you know, in, in the late 70s, it was either punk or disco, basically, so he went disco. You know, that's that's his choice. That was his choice. He goes on, I'm one of those that still expects something good by the man. I heard his upcoming album will be way more rocking than the first single in which he's talking about Berlin again, by the way. For now, I'll say the Pictures of Lily cover was very nice. 
Under the guitar-based instrumentals, I don't think instrumental rock is weird at all. There are artists and bands I like in most types of rock with nonverbal tracks. Just to name one very nice example, Metallica's Orion. Yes, I actually did leave that off the show. Not because I don't like it, I kind of forgot, actually. He goes on, and even my favorite song on the Cloud Nothings album. Haha, here we go again. Maybe I won't even like them two years from now, but who cares? It's an instrumental. While listening to this episode, I thought of how great it would be to pick the music for any kind of film project. Usually, movies, documentaries, experimental films made by some friend, anything. I believe, and he basically has this thing here in the email where he takes all the songs I played on the episode and puts it in a movie scenario for like this ongoing theme for the movie. Which blew my mind, so I have to share this with you guys. So, so bear with me. I think this is really cool. Uh, he starts off, I believe the Hendrix song would be used for a party scene. Imagine the drinks... Loud guys, loud talking guys and gals telling stories and jokes. King Crimson's song would be used for a scene where someone's exploring a big house where they're not supposed to be, searching for a specific item while hoping the owner will not come home. Before leaving, he hears a guitar playing in the neighbor's basement. He goes down to the basement of his house he's at, where he finds a guitar uh, by, signed by Steve Vai. He cranks up the amp and starts dueling with the guy next door that happens to be Ry Cooter. Yes, we're into the next song, obviously. And uh, almost halfway through, people from all over town keep showing up to see what's going on and have a party. That's pretty cool. I like that. The Steve Lukather song with Bruce Kulick uh, just shows John Bush on a riding train having a sandwich. There you go. That's his shout-out to Anthrax. I know Tina's a big Anthrax fan like I am. Through the window next to him, you can see various landscapes sliding by. Yes, including the California coast you were thinking of. During Mick Mars, we see a middle-aged couple walk into a bookstore and having a discussion. Then behind the counter, Steven Tyler appears. The guy almost faints since he's probably an Aerosmith fan. Tyler takes the couple to what seems to be a restaurant he owns. The couple sits down at the table drinking whiskey, and then Stephen discovers there's no food at all in this place. Sneaks out through the back door to go steal whatever he can from a Mexican restaurant down the street. As he gets back, the door closes pretty much in his face, leaving him outside while a rainstorm breaks loose. And yes, I did hear the pre-echo at the end. Yeah, nice you talked about Prince having so much stuff in his vault. Read some headline about it the other day. Says he also enjoyed the slow part featuring Sabbath and ZZ Top. Good job by those guys, and of course, I like the little relaxing talk there. One more instrumental song I was thinking about when you announced the theme. It probably doesn't qualify as a guitar rock track, but it has some great classic acoustic guitar at the beginning. I'm talking about Classical Gas by Mason Williams. Yes, uh, you know, music theory guy here. I, I do know me, my Classical Gas. He says he just found out he's from Texas, by the way. Jeez, well, I didn't know that. You just schooled me, dude. Uh, he's someone you will... Most likely no, since he's also a comedy writer. Anyway, I love how the orchestra slowly takes over during that piece. Wonderful instrumental and pretty upbeat, too. That's it for now. He apologizes because he thinks he went a little bit crazy with the instrumentals. Hey, man, we're all friends here. No big deal. Uh, but music gives my fantasy a major boost. Have a great week. Stay strong. Rock on. Thank you, Tino. Great email. And I did get some more feedback about the Bowie show uh, from my friend Steve, Steve Arizina. What's happened, Steve? We we so need to hang out. Uh, but thank you for sending in your comments. I'm glad to know you're out there listening, even though I'm a terrible friend. But uh, he says, enjoy the Bowie show. I agreed with most everything. Wild as the wind, being his best vocal performance. All right. That's three for three right there. He says, glad you gave props to Mick Ronson and played with of a circle. No, I had never heard the Bowie cover of Pictures of Lily, but I do like pinups a lot. Ansley Dunbar's drumming on the album is great, and it introduced me to the pretty things and the easy beats. That's what a good cover album should do, is turn you on to some good stuff. That's awesome. And Steve actually sent me a couple of extra emails 
a uh, couple dealing with the song title remains the same that I did just two episodes ago with Logan. He says that Girls, 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 the song title immediately brought Marshall Crenshaw to mind. Marshall's song is really titled Girls, but the chorus repeats Girls, Girls, Girls over and over. He says, speaking of stiff baiters, he saw the Dead Boys on one of his visits to CBGB's. Well, that makes me extremely jealous, sir. He said, the evening is memorable to me as I had a conversation with Didi Ramon. That is, if you can consider this a conversation. Now it's time for Rock Strikes 10th Theater. Here's Steve. Hey, Didi! Didi, shut up! <laughs> there you go, that was Rock Strikes 10th Theater for the week. Thank you so much, Steve, for that. And one last comment he had about the song title remains the same. He says, when he thinks of the song title Rock and Roll, Velvet Underground first comes to mind. I'm sure some of you did the same thing. That just shows how hip and cool I am by not thinking about it. One more, and we'll get back to the music, I promise, but this is the halftime show, and this is what I do. And this is me actually being backlogged on email, so if this segment is going too long, it's totally my fault. I only got this message about three weeks ago from Mr. Adam Arthur, the OG CNJ radio friend. He sent in his top ten albums of 2012. I will read them now. And his comments. Uh, number one, Cloud Nothing's Attack on Memory. The Shins, Point of Morrow. Three, Tenacious D, Rise of the Phoenix. He says, not their best, but I would rate their first release as my favorite, but I think this one is equal, at least to the Pick of Destiny soundtrack. Number four, Sigur Rose. Valtari. In my opinion, you can never go wrong with Sigur Rose. Where, whenever they release an album, it will certainly always make my best of list for that year. One of the greatest bands I have ever discovered as well as seen live. They are right up there with love as a band that has never and will never fail me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right here, Adam, and this just makes me think of this, so pardon me for putting a cheap plug right in the middle of your email, but right now on cnjradio.com we do have a brand new music show that is not being hosted by myself, uh, a gentleman by the name of Randy Brown. Randy's a good friend of the CNJ Radio family. And now he's a part of the CNJ Radio family, actually, and he has a show called The Synaptic. For more information, go to cnjradio.com. There is a splash page now for The Synaptic. You can go check out his website, and that's what it goes to. But then also go to iTunes. If it hasn't shown up yet, keep checking like every day. Look for The Synaptic on iTunes for free. Brand new show on CNJ Radio. There's going to be about six episodes just in this week because... I suck, and I'm giving a public apology for not getting the show up sooner. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm really happy with what Randy's doing on his show. And, and Adam, you're going to love this show, just judging by your pick so far, because I happen to know that he played, I think, two of these four already on his show. So you're going to dig it the most, man. But back to Adam's email. Number five, Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti Mature Themes. New band that I discovered this year. Great album. First heard him off of some website. Kind of forgot about him until I was listening to the Sklar Brothers podcast, Sklarbro Country, where they interviewed Cole Cabana and they played a track off of the album. Went out and got it right away. Number six, The Swan Seer. Number seven, Paul Banks. Banks, he's the lead singer of Interpol. He says, it's an amazing solo effort. Great album. Number eight, Seth Chan Stevens. Silver and Gold Songs for Christmas box set. Great selection for Christmas time, even if you like an alternative to traditional music, but at the same time still want a little bit of that tradition mixed in. Box that is a Christmas gift in and of itself. Comes with posters, stickers, temp tattoos, and great artwork. Number nine, Me Without You, Ten Stories. Number ten, Beach House, Bloom. 
I would also like to mention that the Roots Undone album was amazing. I had given up hope with them years ago, but this album blew me away. I could say it made me a fan of theirs again. I was such a huge fan until Phrenology in 2002. I felt they were too influenced by the wrong things and stopped listening. Randomly picked up this at a library where I work and was glad I did. Kind of consider it a 2012 album, even though it was released in December of 11. Didn't get it until the new year, but what a great album. And at the end of this, he says, Albums that I'm sorry I missed but have on order will listen to soon through include 2012 releases from Not a Surf, Leonard Cohen, Stranglers, Our Lady Peace, Spiritualized, Dandy Warhols, Blur, Ben Folds 5, Serge Tankian, Rush, and Why. Some disappointments this year include the releases from Air as well as the Melvins. Not their best. With a heavy heart, I do agree with you, Adam, that Melvins record is not their best album but I still liked parts of it. In 2013, he says he's most excited for new albums by Ghost. All right, throwing them up. Yes. Stereophonics, Tool, David Bowie, Queens of the Stone Age, Kid Cootie. Sorry, it's a Cleveland thing, he says in parentheses. Black Sabbath and Adamant. I would say Alice in Chains, but in my mind, they no longer exist. That last album was just so sad. Sorry, but Cantrell just can't do it without Lane. I agree. His first solo album was good, but that's it. I'm also a huge Alice in Chains fan. Lane and Mike Star are truly missed by me. So there you go, everybody. Thank you out there for listening to that. Thank you for coming along with me on the halftime show. And that should be a lesson to me to actually stay current on the email. Thanks, everybody. And, you know, we just had a nice, long, lengthy halftime show. But that's actually a good thing, because we need to transition pretty hard to get to this next half of the show. Because I'm pretty much going to be talking about the metal hard rock categories of the Grammys this year. Starting off here, and this also just kind of proves at the same time just how truly out of touch the Grammys are. They'll nominate somebody like Iron Maiden, who I love, but nominate him for a live album. And I love live albums, especially live Iron Maiden albums. Can't go wrong with those. But to me, this is really a cheat. I mean, it kind of almost just proves they're not really even trying, and they're not really listening to everything, and just kind of shows how clueless they are. You know, like Black Sabbath got a Grammy, but it was for their live reunion album. It's like, really, guys? But anyway, all that being said, I, I'm... Oh, I've been talking so long. I need a long song to get out of this, so that's why I'm playing Iron Maiden to kick off the hard rock metal portion of this year's Grammy nominations. This is Up in the Irons with Iron Maiden with Blood Brothers. Reflections of me Just for a second A glimpse of my father 
All right. Taking a break from my yak in there with seven minutes of Iron Maiden doing Blood Brothers off of the live En Vivo record, which there's also a Blu-ray and DVD set for that, so go check it out. Can't go wrong with some live Maiden, like I said. And, you know, I hate to break the news here, but I'm doing five out of the six nominations of the best hard rock slash metal performances. They have consolidated the hard rock and metal categories into one thing, which I guess whatever, you know, because they're not going to air it anyway. And I'm playing five of the six nominations here. Don't happen to be a particular fan of Lamb of God, so I'm going to spare you them tonight. We're just going to play the rest of them here, and the next one I have on the list here is by a gentleman by the name of Marilyn Manson, who uh, the Born Villain album from last year just missed my top 20. I wasn't thrilled with the album, and that really hurt me, like I said, on the Best Of show, because I've been a longtime supporter of Manson and his albums. I think he actually makes really solid quality albums and has done so his entire career. Born Villain just didn't really do it for me. It's, uh, like I said, sad for me to say. But thankfully, on the positive side of things, this one song on here was one of the better things on the record. So I guess if they were going to nominate something, right? If I was going to play something by it on my show, it's probably going to be this song anyway. That or his uh, cover of You're So Vain, which really was a bonus track at the end of the day. But here you go. All that being said, this is Marilyn Manson with No Reflection.
Marilyn Manson with No Reflection off of the Born Villain record. And if you didn't know this already, Marilyn is back making records again with Twiggy, his longtime partner that he did a lot of great stuff with. They've been back together for the last couple albums, actually. But uh, yeah, I just, I am still bummed out about how much I am not thrilled with the new record. Uh, why don't we just say, let's hope, uh, I, I hope he's uh, working on a new one already. Let's up that game again, Manson. So, uh, next one I'm going to play here. Uh, first time nominees and a band that truly is proof positive that hard work and determination do pay off. They definitely paid their dues. Road Warriors, indeed. A uh, band called Hailstorm. I, I would say a new band, but they have been rambling on since 1998, actually. That's when they first started. They just now, last year, put out their second album called The Strange Case of Hailstorm and they got nominated for their song Love Bites and so do I so really happy to see them getting some recognition I mean that's a big deal you know I do bag on the Grammys but yeah that's like instant name recognition I mean just right there people have taken notice of them even more so now just because of that because you know this is pretty much reserved for known acts you know like your Mansons and, and Iron Maidens and stuff like that so, uh, I'm, like I said, happy that they're in this group. I think they deserve it. I've been enjoying the stuff I've heard by them. They do a lot of fun cover tunes as well. They got a cool EP out called Reanimate. So go check that out. And their other records as well. They, like, you know, metal. I'd say they're pretty metal, you know, honestly. It's hard to categorize them, but I can tell their heart definitely lies in metal and hard rock. And uh, I think they, I think they kick ass, man. So. Uh, I was gonna, I, this is true confessions time, I haven't yet picked up the strange case of, I'm I'm super behind with this band, but I went ahead and got what, uh, since there's not a physical copy of this to buy, I went ahead and downloaded their EP, uh, it's a live EP called In the Live Room, you can get it on iTunes, to which they also do this really crazy, wacky, well not wacky cover song, they do a straight up cover version of Empire State of Mind. So you have to hear that to believe it. But I'm going to play you Love Bites, So Do I, by Hailstorm. This is a live version, but this just shows you how good they are live, because uh, it's straight up sounds just like what you hear on the record. So here you go, Hailstorm with Love Bites. Get 
by twisting all your thoughts around. They say it's blind, they say it awaits. Every time it seals your fate, now it's got you by the balls. It won't let go until you fall. mentioned that Lizzie Hale has a pretty damn strong voice. That, that's what I think, at least. So there you go. That was Hailstorm with a live version of Love Bites, So Do I. That song is nominated for a Grammy this year. Like I said, big boost for them. I, I hope they do, even if they don't win, that's big for them, and I can't wait to see what they do in the future. I need to pick up your two full-length albums. Like I said, very behind I am. Hope you liked that. Hope you go check out that covers EP I told you about called Reanimate. And In the Live Room off of iTunes is where I got that particular performance from. They get it done. And, and she's playing the, one of the guitars, too. She does rhythm and lead guitar. Uh, so, of course, she's going to get a lot of attention once it's all said and done. Uh, another person that can quite do the vocals and play guitar and a ridiculous lead guitar at that a uh, fellow by the name of Dave Mustaine, who's been the longtime leader since day one of a group called Megadeth. Politics aside, I am a big fan of Megadeth, always have been, always will be. Just stop nugeting yourself, Mustaine. That's all I really want to say about that. Personal differences aside, they put out a pretty damn strong record a couple of years ago called 13. And this song was released as a single in 2012 officially, so that means it gets to be nominated for a Grammy. It was eligible. So here is that said song by Megadeth. Here is Whose Life Is It Anyways?
a very strong outing by Megadeth for sure. That's probably the best single they've put out in a long time. Uh, nothing springs to mind right away where I was just really blown away by the single. You'd probably have to go back to Cryptic Writings or something like that, but uh, I like that tune. Whose Life Is It Anyways? Not the worst choice in the world if it happens to win tomorrow. There you go. A little Megadeth. Need a little bit more Megadeth in your life, possibly? If so, 13 is not a bad place to uh, pick up where you might have left off. And the last band I'm going to play here, in my opinion, saving the best for last. Uh, another thing, just kind of like the Megadeth nomination, the album that this song is off of did come out in 2011 officially, but the single was released in 2012 once again. And their third time around being nominated, a band that is my favorite of the big four, a band called Anthrax. And it's about time I played something else off of the Worship Music album. Closing out the show here, what more could be said other than, I'm alive.
All right, closing out the show here tonight with Anthrax and the song I'm Alive. I, I, I you know, like I said, I always say, oh, give it to him. Don't give it to him. I, I don't know. I don't know if really it matters. Possibly to Anthrax it does. I can understand the need to have a few more accolades in their very storied career. They definitely deserve all the recognition they could possibly get at this point. Also, whetting my appetite for the new covers EP they have coming out, I believe, sometime around my birthday in mid-March. So looking very forward to that. Very excited. And uh, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for the show here tonight. Please go to cnjradio.com where you can follow us on Facebook. There's my Twitter account, the link. There's that iTunes feed on there where you can get every single episode of the show. If you're new to the show, please go back. Check out all of the episodes. And I hope you like them. And also the email, joey at cnjradio.com. Go ahead and send me an email. I will read it on the show. And I promise I will stay current. Like I'm trying to stay current on Twitter, right? And... By the way, if you happen to have anything to do with spam bots spamming up my comment page where I have to constantly go in every day, tag you as spam. If you're out there and you do that, I hope you die in a car fire. Seriously. You have no, zero, nada excuse for doing that. That's a bad person you are. Go do something productive with your life. Go find the cure for cancer or AIDS or something with you and the people that are running meth labs right now. All right. Yes, it is late in the evening. I will go ahead and say goodbye. Please join me on the next episode. And since you were so nice and patient to listen to this show here tonight, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the next show coming out in the next few days. We're going to get it out before the actual day itself. The Valentine's episode, it's going to be called Two Sides of Love, and we're going to deal with both sides of it, like 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 the title suggests, pro and con. So join me, will you? Till next time. Thanks a lot. Have fun. I saw the Grammys. I wasn't impressed with that. A lot of stylists overdressed that. Was I wrong? Who was the best at Cases of stolies, 8,000 for this man you owe me. I left the VIP section lonely. Me, white folks, Don Juan played the back. The women chose me over guess who? Pretty Tony. Kid, I got the lady signed to Sony. Girls tell Bobby I'm the real tenderoni. New York's best first cap.